Well, welcome. It's good to see you all back again, and it's good to be back with you. I want to tell you how much I appreciate the fellas that filled in for me while I was gone. Ernie's here today, and Dwight, of course, is next door starting that uh, other service. But uh, the beauty of it is, is you, I, you don't drop off a bit when these guys are in the pulpit. I mean, they are just really good, and I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, Ernie and Dwight. Amen. I'll be starting a series of sermons in the book of Judges. I've already been told that um, nobody's ever preached on that before. Good. This will be new territory for you. And there's some really good lessons here. But if you'll stand with me, I'm going to be reading three verses out of the chapter 1 to introduce you to Judges. And which will be kind of a, a theme or a chord that runs through the entire book. Verse 4 says, When Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and Perizzites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. It was there that they found Adonai, Bezek, and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai, Bezek, fled, but they chased him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Yeah, where am I going to go with this one, huh? <laughs> then Adonai, Bezek, said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem, and he died there. Let's pray. Our most gracious Father, we thank you. We thank you for the joy and the privilege of worshiping you. And I pray each and every one of us has a heart that's open to you, a mind that is fixed on you. And Lord, that we are always, always so focused on you that everything else seems to fade in its glory. Father, thank you. Be with us now. May we honor and glorify you above everything else. May these decisions that are being made even now honor you. So it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Judges. After the death of Joshua, Judges starts, the Israelites asked the Lord, who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? Keep in mind that when Joshua died, the land was still inhabited by a number of tribes. It wasn't fully occupied by the Israelites. There were still people that they had to uh, eliminate from their land. Some of them were faithful in doing so, others weren't. The book of Judges is a record of Israel's lack of obedience, unwillingness to serve the Lord faithfully. And we see how the Lord responded to that. And we're going to have, there's going to be a lot of parallels with where we are today in this country and where Israel was at that particular time. But in this particular case, you've got the men of Judah that went to the Simeonites, another tribe, and they went up to the Canaanites and the Perizzites and struck down 10,000 people. Now, they chased him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Why would he do something like that? 
Well, there's a reason. In those days, if they cut off a man's thumb, it meant that he could not hold a weapon anymore. So you literally made him uh, powerless. And if you cut off a man's big toes, uh, it, that took his balance out of the picture. He could no longer have balance, and so he was, he was rendered an ineffective warrior is what happened. And that's what it does. And so here was a situation where they returned the favor to Adonai Bezek, the king, as to what he had done to, as he said, 70 other kings. Well, the first rule of spiritual laws, and it is an immutable law, is that we reap what we sow. And Jesus said, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. There's this time, Galatians 6, 7 said, a man reaps what he sows. Jesus said in Luke 6, do to others as you would have them do unto you, which we call the golden rule. It's that law of echoes, as others have called it. It's sowing and reaping. It's that, it's that immutable law that when you sow wheat, you don't reap corn. You sow corn, you don't reap wheat. You, you get what you sow, and it's very easy. Jesus said, do to others as you would have them do to you. Do not judge, and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And it's so simple. I mean, you can break this, this absolute law, spiritual law down to just your body language. A smile tends to beget another smile. A frown will have a frown in response. A kind word usually receives another kind word. A harsh word, the same way. The law of sowing and reaping or the law of echoes, you get back what you send out. And so this spiritual law was well represented here with King Adonai Bezek. King Adonai Bezek was one who uh, had conquered these 70 kings. And not only did he cut their thumbs off and their big toes, but also made them grovel to eat the scraps off of his table. Wouldn't let them come to his table, but just beside it and take whatever scraps were thrown to them. And so now he's going to receive exactly what he had done to others. Now, there's also positives to that. The good sowing also reaps good, reap, uh, good harvest. And we understand that uh, that little principle in our lives when we relate to our children, when we relate to our parents, when we relate to one another, when we are serving the Lord by serving others, we see how that is returned. Some, many of you are doing Meals on Wheels now. Some of you are ministering in nursing homes and, and assisted living facilities and independent livings and shut-ins and things of this nature. Some of you are, are doing ministries uh, that other people aren't even aware of. But you, at the end of the day, you receive such a joy from that, such a blessing from having served the Lord by serving His people that uh, you really don't need to tell anybody else about it, perhaps. 
there's that law of sowing and reaping that is so good. Malachi 3.10, God says to the nation of Israel, and he says to you and I, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Test me in this, God says. Test me, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much as a blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. So, test the Lord. Test me, try me, prove me, saith the Lord of hosts. Just test the Lord to see all of this. Uh, we have mailboxes scattered out throughout the foyer and here, a couple here in the worship center to receive tithes and offerings. Many of you give online. I can tell you from a personal testimony, I have never been able to outgive God. Never been able to outgive Him. It just, it just comes back so much on me. And I don't give to receive. I give because it's a blessing to honor the Lord for all the things that He's bestowed upon me. And if I get something back in return, that's something. But to test the Lord in that sense, He says, test me to see. And I'll assure you that whatever offering you give is going to be a blessing not only to the Lord but to others, but it'll be more of a blessing to you. We don't talk much about that anymore, you know? And I, I hesitate. This is not a stewardship sermon. You'll be happy to know that. Uh, time and time again, I, I, I come across people that say, well, you know, all the church talks about is money. Well, we don't talk about money here. But I'll tell you who talks about money. Retailers, physicians, everybody that you go to talks about money. But the most important investment in your life is going to be toward spiritual ends, toward bringing others to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, or for bringing them into a deeper walk with Jesus Christ. I make no apology about all the material that we purchase here for Bible studies. We shouldn't make no apology about any time that we meet for worship or, or what we do to honor and to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. This is part of it. And I'm grateful. I'm, I'm awed by the opportunity to serve not only through my stewardship of, of resources, but in any other way the Lord gives. So it's the law of sowing and reaping. Sometimes you look and you say, well, I, haven't, I don't think I've really gotten back all that I've invested. Oh, you have. And if you haven't, you will. For it will also be returned to you in eternity. And that's a long time, folks. And it will happen. If not here, then later on. It'll be in God's timing. You reap what you sow. You get back what you send out. Always, always. That's the first spiritual principle that we need to understand. Secondly, you may reap what someone else sows. On the negative, you see that 70 kings suffered because of the evil of this one man. Sometimes we reap what somebody else sows. In World War II, uh, so, much, so many people reaped because of Hitler. Mussolini and so forth. We see in Ukraine where they're reaping what Putin is sowing. 
on the negative. It's not because they did something wrong, but because of the sin of another individual, we tend to reap what someone else sows negatively. Or we can reap what someone else sows positively. We are recipients of the blessings of God on this congregation. We're recipients of the blessings of God on many people who have preceded us in this ministry, in this work. You know, we see it. We see how in, in missionary endeavors throughout the world, people who, have, who generations ago have been led to the Lord by some dedicated servant of God has been a recipient of that blessing generations later because that person down the line came to know Christ Jesus as a result of that testimony or that witness years and generations earlier. Wow. And we receive, sometimes we get benefits from what somebody else sows. We get the negative from it, but we can also get the positive from it as well. And so you may reap what someone else sows. Well, the Bible tells us that we may also reap good fruit from a bad harvest. By that, I simply mean Adonai Bezek at the end saw the hand of the Lord. He said, now God has paid me back for what I did to them. Sometimes a bad harvest will, uh, will reap good fruit. I think about Joseph in the Old Testament. We spent a long time talking about Joseph in our series sermon. Um, we have Joseph who in Genesis 45 finally confronted his brothers who really still did not recognize him. But when they did and when the uh, unveiling of who Joseph really was came to be a reality with the brothers, Joseph said this in Genesis 45, Do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Oh, but there were probably times Joseph thought, my life is over. There was that time in Potiphar's house when he was accused of rape by Potiphar's wife. There was that, there was that time when he was in prison and then when he was asked to interpret dreams. Where was he going? What was God doing with him? Sometimes people mean ill or evil for you when God takes that and turns it around for the very best blessing you can possibly have. One of the greatest things I think on that is Calvary. Here, Satan and all his minions and all the enemies of Jesus Christ 
came to that point there on Golgotha, on that place called the skull, and nailed Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, to the cross. And the laughter of Satan went through the corridors of hell as Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. Satan thought his life was over. But no, no. There's an empty tomb three days later. And it was that that God takes this, all of this bad reaping from all of the evil intentions to eliminate Jesus from the face of this earth. God says, fine, I'll take that and I'll make it a blessing for you. Wow. There was Lazarus earlier. God allowed Lazarus to, to die. And Jesus told Martha, this happened so that the glory of God would be seen. And then Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb. Now here we have dire circumstances. We see it in such a way. We see how in our own lives there have been times when we have seen things that have happened, natural uh, disasters or financial disasters or, or relationships or, or things of this nature that have happened. And then we look back on it days, months, even years later and said, I never would have received this blessing had that not occurred in my life. I never would have, have turned in this particular way had I not experienced that some time ago. I never would have called on the Lord Jesus Christ unless that had happened in my life. I don't know why it happened, but because it happened, I'm a stronger man. I'm a stronger woman than I've ever been in my life a stronger person. Well, you can reap good fruit from a bad harvest. So, not only do you reap what you sow, and you reap what somebody else sows, but you also can reap a good fruit from a bad harvest. You're here today, maybe this has resonated with you in some way possible. I read a story recently where a teacher took her classroom, told them just take a sheet of paper and pencil out. In 30 seconds, she said, I want you to write down all the names of the students that you dislike. 30 seconds went by, she called time. Some couldn't think of anybody. Others had maybe one person that they uh, disliked. One or two of them had like 14 names on their paper. <laughs> the interesting thing about it was that the students that didn't list anybody that they disliked, Were, were people who were the most positive, the one that had the 
14 dislikes was the only one mentioned in many of these students' paper. We become, you wanna, be a fr you wanna have a friend? You need to be a friend. You want to feel like you're loved? You need to love. It's that experience, it's that, it's that give and take, that sending out, reaping what you sow. Reaching out to others, others will reach back at you. We see it all the time in different ways. Now you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is your opportunity to do just that. In, a, in just a little while, we're gonna have an invitation. But there are some of you that are, are looking today at possibility of uniting with this church. This is a, your opportunity to come forward when we have that invitation as well. Ed, would you stand with me? I've gotten to know Ed. He's really gotten active here, as you can see. He's already in our life safety group ministry. Ed's a retired policeman from Bangor, Maine. Yeah, all the way as far north as you can get, just about, I guess. Huh? Unless you want to be in Canada. Unless you want to be in Canada. He knows the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior and comes desiring membership here. And, and I know you rejoice with him. Say so with a loud and hearty amen. 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 We're excited about that. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to seeing, to serving the Lord with him in the days, weeks, and months yet to come. Don't forget our activities. I'm continuing on in our study in Philippians on Wednesday night at 5. We are having great crowds there for that. And don't forget the Bible studies, the men's, the women's, and all the activities that are going on. And just a note, thank you, those of you that are serving this month for Meals on Wheels. Thank you so much. I know the people, the recipients of these meals really appreciate you. Thank you. And I do too. God bless. Let's stand. Brother Ernie, would you dismiss us in prayer? Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful for your Holy Spirit uh, coming down upon us, Lord, and filling us with such great hope and desire, Lord. We pray now that you would pour down your blessing upon this congregation, that they would know that you're with them, and that they would be strong and courageous and do the work that you've called them to do, Lord, to share the gospel. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you.